welcome to Fumpale Podcast, where we are unpacking opinions and changing destinations. I am your host, Shirley Altador, where each week we will chat about how to rise strong out of all types of obstacles that come with relationships. Through personal life experiences and discussions ranging from infidelity, trust, forgiveness, sex, heartbreak, self-love, and so much more. I am passionate and obsessed to provide guidance to every woman to create a better life. Let's dive in, pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. With me, your virtual girlfriend. Welcome back to another episode of Fumpale Podcast, and today we have a special guest with us today. We have Tammy, who is the CEO and founder of It Takes a Village, where her goal is to be your holistic health and wellness journey partner. Tammy had a front row seat to the results of failed health as a care partner to her grandmother at an early age. Witnessing her grandmother's battle through kidney failure, high blood pressure, and a mother's death as a result of diabetes ignited a desire to educate, help, and promote health and wellness. Tammy, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Shirley. I am well. I am anticipatory well. There she goes with that word again, (laughs) a word I don't use, which is new to me, which might not be new to others, but I have no shame in letting people know what I don't know and learning new things every day, but good to have you here. So I'm going to pass you the mic to add on to your bio to give people some additional information that I may have missed of who you are, what you do. Wow. Well, Shirley, um, we only have an hour, so I will try to just give you the good snippets, the best snippets. Uh, Tammy is also uh, a minister. I'm a care partner for my wife, who's a home hemodialysis patient. We dialyze four days a week. Tammy's a mother, a grandmother. Tammy is employed for a healthcare company where I've been for 25 years. Uh, I manage a team of IT gladiators is what I call them. Yes, we're IT escalations and I have a team of gladiators, right? Um, A health coach camping enthusiast. I love to bike ride. I love to run 5Ks. Um, yeah, 5Ks. I do one 10K a year, and that's the Peachtree Road Race. So that, in a nutshell, is Tammy. Tammy, you're good. You're. I'm telling you, I have a lot of motivation around me because, girl, I mean, I used to be in the military, and I used to, you know, work out every day, six days <laughs> a week. We had one day off. But, girl, now I could barely get up and do a... Sit up. Hubby and mm. I have to start walking. So I applaud you. You do 110K a year. Look at this. Look, this is good. <laughs> Thank you. I barely jog. <laughs> uh, all it takes is one step, Shirley. All it takes it is one does. step. Followed it by does. another, then another, then another. And it takes one step to mess you up. That one morning <laughs> you don't wake up and it messes up the whole routine. No, just start over. That's grace. Just start over. As Aaliyah said, if at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and try again. Exactly. Exactly. So, Tammy, we're going to get into your story today. You're going to take back, give us a little snippet of it. And as you know, I'll dive deep with some questions. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about the time. I'm mindful of the time, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll know when to cut you off. Okay. <laughs> Nicely. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we're good because, you know, it's important for people to hear your story because I want to hear about this because I yeah. never knew 
yeah. about this. Yeah. And you're going to tell us what this is, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, let's just be upfront here. This is my first time actually speaking about this so openly. Um, and this that I'm referring to is my battle with trichotillomania. That's an impulsive plucking um, disorder um, that a lot of people probably have never heard of. And I was one of those people until maybe five to 10 years ago when I, in the midst of research, stumbled upon that multi-syllable word and delved into it. It was like, hey, this has been me since I was in the second grade. And I'm 51 years old. And I can finally say, you know, that I have it under control. I have not plucked in over a year. And I said I'm 51 and it started in second grade. So I dealt with this for a number of years uh, initially. Well, let me just start at the beginning to where I first remember uh, plucking or remember what it looks like. Um, I came home from school. And I remember it so vividly. My mom was in one of the back bedrooms on the floor, and there was a pool of blood under her. She wasn't, to me, I'm a second grader, right? It looked like mm -hmm. she wasn't, she, it looked like she was dead, like she wasn't breathing. And, you know, I ran to a neighbor's. We're in deep South Georgia. Um, we didn't have a phone at home, so I ran to a neighbor. He called 911. The ambulance came. Then they came over. Oh, he came over. I was there. And you know, they were like, her pulse is weak, her vitals are weak. We got to get her to the hospital right away. And bless his heart, this older guy said, well, I think she did. <laughs> I think she did. And then I see my mom go off in the ambulance. By then, my grandmother's coming home. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, mama's bleeding. Um, I don't know. She might be dead, grandma. She was like, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. So my grandmother went to the hospital. I stayed home with my other sister. And then she came back. She was like, she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. But I remember waking up the next morning. I didn't know anything was different until my grandmother was looking at my face. And she said, what happened to your face? What the hell wrong with what's going on with your face? I looked in the mirror because I didn't even pay attention to it when I washed my face and brushed my teeth. I didn't have any eyebrows. I didn't have any eyelashes. My eyelids were puffy and my edges were gone. That was the birth, <laughs> birth in trauma. That's what it was, birth in trauma. Um, and over the years, uh, I would just steal away. You know, I could be in a corner. I'd go in another room uh, in bed. I'd cover my head and I would just, you know, just pluck, just pluck. I'd feel them. They would feel like, like little stickers, you know, like mm. little plucky things. And I would just pluck them. And it became uncomfortable when they would grow back. Because I was so used to not having them. It's like having little twigs piercing your eyelids every time you blink. That's what it felt like as a kid. I mean, I could understand it's not painful because I've had like a little piece of hair on my chin that I've just plucked out. So it's not pain, um, but it, it's... It, well, uh, it, it can be. Oh. That's just one hair that you're plucking, right? Uh -huh. So. Uh, one, five, ten, that plucking, that the ripping, basically I'm ripping my hair from my follicles mm -hmm. and my eyelids would swell. 
see, yeah, they they would swell slightly, you know, swell like like maybe an allergic reaction or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and I was like, okay, I, I just would do it. I would just pluck them anytime I could feel one or anytime I was alone. And in in retrospect, it's like, okay, was I nervous? Was I afraid? Was I scared? Was I just holding on to that? Okay, your your mama dead. I don't I don't know what the initial catalyst was for that to continue. But you know, as I got older, I realized that it was anxiety stress or boredom that would take me to that place where I just go get them. It's interesting how the mind works like that isolated incident with you finding your mother started all this. And I'm assuming you'll tell us years later how the two connected in your brain. Like did therapy ever help you really figure out what (laughs) triggered in the brain to cause you to start doing this? Um, you know, I went to therapy. The first time I went to therapy was for grief counseling when I lost my grandmother. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about mm. it. For years, I would tell people that it was alopecia. Mm. I found that word. Like, oh, it's alopecia. Hair. That's alopecia. It's alopecia. I never said, okay, I, I, this is something I'm doing to myself. Mm. Until maybe my 20s or 30s. I had a boo that I was loving on <laughs> a boo. <laughs> <laughs> That I was loving uh, on and like, hey, I want to share something with you. This is what I do. I'm trying to stop, but I can't stop. Can you help me? No one can really help you. It has to start mm-hmm. within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was, what you doing? Don't cover your face up. Turn around. Here, wear an eye mask. Put your hands in your lap. Hold me. Just hold me. You know, those mm-hmm. little things, they helped a bit, but it's those moments when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stress hit. Uh mm-hmm deadline coming with college Mm -hmm. um college paper due test exam life Mm -hmm. I I find myself there so therapy no and initially no doctor or anyone would tell me anything about it I don't even know if in South Georgia they knew what trichotillomania was um or to ask or go down that route like okay is this the condition what are you doing but again I was not truthful about it and I don't recall a doctor ever saying, okay, what's going on with your eyebrows and eyelashes? Other than they are scant, you know, because sometimes I would have a few in or I would draw my eyebrows on. Um, most oh, times I would draw okay. my eyebrows on. The lashes, I would wear shades a lot. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And see, growing up in, in the South, sports is all we had. We didn't have a mall. We didn't have a movie theater. We didn't even have traffic lights in the town I grew up in, right? We just had stop signs <laughs> and street lights. That's it, right? So... Sports was my savior. Sports is where I excelled, uh, where I got the hoorahs. The, oh, that's Tammy. Mm-hmm. That's Tammy. She can run. She can ball. Oh, she's in the band. She played three instruments. Blah, blah. All that was great. But then when I get home and it's just Tammy, mm-hmm. uh, I do my little thing. Um, do my little thing. Hide and do my little thing. And then it's the, I would battle with the, the shame, mm-hmm. the embarrassment, mm-hmm. the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I can stop. Stop. Okay, stop. All right. Oh, I can't. I got to. Okay, I'll just do one. Let me just pluck one. Okay, nope. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, ah, okay, five. Just go five times. Whatever you get, this is stop. Just different things that I tried to put in place to stop myself or control the behavior. It exactly. was a real struggle. And in my research, I see how many people are affected by this. 
and the struggles that are happening in families, in marriages. Um, the mom saying, you know, my teenage daughter's doing it and I don't know why she, what did her eyebrows do to her? You know, things like people don't really understand, you know, that it's something within that person that needs to heal, that they need to, first of all, tap into to understand that it needs to be healed, whatever their it is, right? And then work on healing that. And then the behavior can be controlled or, or even stopped. In, in mm -hmm. my case, I don't do it anymore. I don't even have the desire to do it anymore. It's crazy how you just stopped. And, you know, I used to be a nail biter when I was little. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, off topic, we had said that it's very similar to people who cut. Yeah. So I guess all those things go along the line of now with me and my nail biting. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you said, and I never thought about this. You said what triggered was you seeing your mom in that situation. And this is when it all started. So I was born in Haiti, came here when I was four. And I was torn from my grandparents. And now I'm here in this state at four and a half years old saying, mm -hmm. this is your mom, this is your dad. And that's around the time the nail biting started. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how people default yeah. to something yeah. because of the trauma and the stress that they're put in. And this is what your body does to figure out how to deal yeah. Of course, I'm explaining the basic version. There's probably more an elaborate part to this that can be explained, but I'm not licensed in any way in those things to explain to you. But it happens to all of us, I see. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and in some form, you know, there are kids that are, or people that like to rub. Where mm. did that start? What What is that tapping into or mm. what is that a response to? Um. Because my grandson loves to rub his mom's stomach, and he's two. Oh. He even tries to rub mine. Like, boy, no. No. <laughs> but don't it's touch his me. thing. So I'm like, you know what? Rub it, baby. Just rub. He calls me Mima. Rub Mima's tummy. Okay. Oh. But it, it, it soothes him. So I don't know if it was something that was soothing me. At the same time, I was embarrassed about the behavior and how it looked. Um, sometimes even disgusted. Sometimes even angry with myself. Just, just mm -hmm. stop. Just stop. Mm -hmm. But I could not stop and the things that I could attribute to you know my my healing is my evolution in a relationship with nature mm -hmm. and that's why I love camping so much I have like a low-grade high blood pressure I take a small dose of a high blood pressure medicine that I'm working on getting off but I notice that when I camp my blood pressure is low because I'm one of those that take my blood pressure every night I notice when I camp my blood pressure is low my mood is uplifted and I just feel mm -hmm. good. My wife says I have a glow when I camp. Even when I'm just setting up the campsite, she's like, are you going camping? You book your campsite. You glow. It's something about you and being out there. And hey. I notice, I'm like, hmm, okay. Hmm, something's good about this. And then I got to, you know, I started experiencing grounding, participating mm -hmm. in grounding, just walking around barefoot. I set up the campsite barefoot. Um, barefoot? Yeah, barefoot. Now, see, Tammy, I can't. Oh, I get anxiety having to walk on grass because you know what I'm thinking of? I'm going to step on dog shit. <laughs> and you you out here in the woods with nothing on your feet? Well, I go to campsites. I'm not like primitive camping. I'm oh, at a okay. campground. Okay. And yeah. And, okay. and rule number one, and I, I'm, I'm a comfort camper. And that's the service that I provide to my clients, comfort camping. 
So it's not primitive. We have electricity. We have water. Okay. Uh, they okay. arrive. The tent is set up. Everything they would need in the tent is set up. All they have to do is bring their mind, bring themselves and, and their clothes that they're going to change into. Everything's oh, that's there. where the campfire story. conversations. Com- yeah, campfire one of them. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's one of the services. So okay. yeah, but camping, um, it's kind of what helped me tap into my healing. How I, did I you found... start that? Now, before you answer that, yeah, was your grandma being truthful? Was your mama really okay? She was in the hospital for a couple of days. She lost a lot of blood, but she did have a miscarriage. Oh, yeah, she had a miscarriage. Was, was she alert when you came or no. was she able to speak to you? No. So no. what kind of miscarriage is that? I mean, I've had a miscarriage and I passed she it She had in lost the a lot of blood. There could have been something else, but I mean, okay. the okay. story that I was told was that she had a miscarriage. So I don't okay. know what led to her collapsing on the floor, passing out. And okay. well, I'm sure the bleeding was from the miscarriage. Probably. But, Maybe and a it, lot she of could have been anemic and just, you know, passed exactly. out. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. so Mama was really okay. Mama and she was okay. Came Mama home, came home after a few days. And you still didn't stop because you started in second grade, didn't stop till about a year ago. You are 51 yeah. now. Yeah. So that still didn't even change the situation. Mm-mm. The fact that Mama was okay, I don't know if it gave some kind of comfort or, and it could have even been me punishing myself. You know, mm. I was little Miss MacGyver before MacGyver. Mm. Tammy could fix everything. Tammy does everything. Tammy's the A student. Tammy, t- Tammy this. <laughs> I, and and I'm like, I, I, I couldn't do anything. I, yeah. All I could do was watch, run across yeah. the street, tell a neighbor. Um, and then that was it. And then Tammy couldn't stop this behavior that she was doing that she wanted to stop mm-hmm. but Tammy's so good and ah uh, you should be like Tammy stay out of trouble you know no yeah so I have a few things I'm gonna dive into first we gonna dive I wanted to know how you got into the comfort campfiring what made you go into that take oh me comfort back. camping Oh, yes. I'm sorry. It's comfort Comfort camping camping. and campfire conversations. There we go. Yeah. 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 What made you go into that? What did you did someone invite you? Why that? (laughs) Well, um, my first. No, it was actually my second date. My second date with my now wife. Mm -hmm. We actually went tent camping. We had both wanted to camp. I think she had Mm -hmm. camped maybe once, but that was Mm -hmm. my first time camping. And I went all in. I loved the experience. Set up, just sleeping out in nature, the stars, hearing the birds, hearing uh, the the squirrels play, running through the leaves, and just looking at the clouds, the sun, the fresh air. It just opened me up completely. I mean, I was, oh gosh, I love it. I love the experience so much that I would talk about it with people. And and invite them to come to the campsite. Just come check it out. Just come visit. Just come. Let's have a cocktail. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk. We could even watch a movie out there if you want to. Just just come. And then people are like, I like this. I might be able to do this. So then I was thinking, well, I'm a health coach. And I've got this health coaching program. Maybe that's something I could tie together to help people establish their relationship with nature. To facilitate their healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Camping for Clarity, that's my keynote service. That's a weekend where myself and a client um, spend time going through what I call the eight pillars of support mm-hmm. to help them gain clarity in some area of their life. So we have a consultation 
um, that's when they decide they want to book. And mm-hmm. the thing that they're battling that they need clarity on. So that's our weekend mission for them to get clarity in that area and any other pillar or any other area in their life they may gain some clarity as well but there's one thing that we're working on working toward and during the weekend we sit down and we go through this um these eight pillars of support um and they take notes Mm -hmm. uh, like ah aha moments epiphanies uh Mm -hmm. the hammock Mm -hmm. i have a hammock hanging and you know we do some hammock meditation i tell them to go in there for 20 minutes Mm-hmm. Just, just clear your mind. Go in there for twenty minutes and just, um, just relax. Just relax. Not really focus on anything. Just relax. And the, the hammock is a two-person hammock, and it cocoons them. So mm-hmm. it's like they get in there. Some go to sleep. Some don't. Um, mm-hmm. But when they come out, there's always this light bulb <laughs> shining above their head. They had some epiphany in that hammock, like you know. I just realized this mm-hmm. or that. Hmm. I, this this person is not good for me. You know, whatever the case may be, they come out of that hammock with some aha moment. Mm-hmm. And then there are also the trees. We do some tree grounding where they, I tell them, just go touch all the trees in our campsite. And the one that feels differently to you, spend some time with that tree. Feet planted both hands on that tree just close your eyes and just be and it's wow wow i never thought i could get a feeling from a tree a good friend of mine told me about the tree and how when she goes on her walk there's a tree that talks to her yes now i love my girlfriend and i'm not (laughs) i'm not so connected to nature that way i love nature Mm -hmm. but uh like you said, I'm not into primitive camping, but yeah. I can do comfort camping. Yeah. It, it must be extreme comfort camping. I need all the necessities. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't tap into nature that well. And when it's she possible. was telling me, I was like, oh, okay, you talking to the tree. Yeah, it's possible, really. Yeah. When you can, when you have the opportunity and there are multiple trees around you, just, just, just nothing aggressive, nothing intimate, right? I'm not telling you go just bear hug the tree. <laughs> just go, just touch a tree. Just touch a tree for a few seconds. Then same hand, touch another tree. Touch another tree. And just just, and just and see if you feel a difference in, in your hand, in your body, in your, in your space, in your being with one or maybe more of those trees. And the one that you do, that's mm-hmm. the one that you're having a connection with. Stand there with both hands, feet planted, mm-hmm. and just spend a few few seconds, few minutes with that tree. I, I'll definitely, it's something I will put on my to-do list. You know what makes it hard? Very similar to meditation. It's clearing my mind and just being in the moment. I find challenging for me at times, Tammy. And that's the thing. I'm thinking I'll probably be touching the three and like, three emails I need to send oh I need to do this this and this and this is the problem I'm not separating the two so yeah my hand will be on the tree I could do that Mm -hmm. with no problem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's being in the moment that is so hard for me so I know what the issue is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'll have my hand on the tree yeah and I'll be that one client that Tammy you're talking to me and I'll be like did I send that email all in my mind 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and multitasking, talk, talk, yeah. touching the tree, yeah. thinking, yeah. and now you know Tammy talking to me, and I'm <laughs> what am I really paying attention to? Absolutely uh-huh. nothing. Okay. So, <laughs> so you are the one that I would say, okay, don't just touch the tree, Shirley. I want you to touch the tree. Look at the tree. Look at the bark of the tree. Look at the bark of that tree. Look at the roots of that tree. Look up at the leaves. Look up at the branches. You're going to have to give yourself some kind of visual connectivity mm-hmm. to get your mind on this tree and not on the emails, the calls, the podcast, mm-hmm. or whatever meetings, whatever you have going on. So that's what I'd suggest to you. I'm like, Shirley, are you here with me? Okay. Um, How many roots are above the ground? How, how deep do you think those roots are? Okay. Um, Look at the bark of that tree. The bark. Do you see any any bugs on that tree? Look 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 at where they're going. Are they crawling up the tree, down the tree? Are they together? Are they taking food? I mean, are they carrying something? What are you seeing on that tree? So I'll have to get you visually into this tree as well to get your mind off of other Interesting. things. Interesting. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. You would literally have to baby step me to get yeah. to that point yeah. because. I don't know how to clear my mind because my mind is constantly thinking, constantly racing. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot. I think other than when I'm sleeping or reading a book, and even when I'm reading a book, I've caught myself to wander and to start thinking. And I have to be like, Mm -hmm. whoa, Shirley, bring it back. And I have to reread the chapter because I realized even though I was looking at the words, but I was not there. Yeah. You said it, looking at the words. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking at the words, but not chasing there. the words. You weren't reading them. You no, were chasing the words. Exactly. <laughs> chasing exactly. them to the bottom of the page. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So when you say your campground, you went out and bought a campground. How does uni- this work? The universe was taking care of that for me. I rent a space at a campground. Okay. You know? And I, I'm there so much. Yes, yeah, I'm there so business. much. They, well, my business is the camping service, not the campground. Gotcha. Okay. Yet, okay. Universe is bringing that to me. I will have my Clarityville mm-hmm. campground. I will. I will. You will. Ashe, ashe, ashe. Um, but yeah, I rent a, a, a campsite for the weekend, go and set up. Um, and, and my campsites are set up so intentional. Um. Because my my clients are going to get the elemental experience with Mm -hmm. the fire, the earth, you know, the water, the air. Mm -hmm. It's so intentional. Um, So we have to be lakeside or or near the water. Mm -hmm. And I have the hammock up. Of course, the trees are there. And I I rake the campground, make sure there's no, in case we do any grounding activities or they want to do some grounding with me. I I rake the campground, Mm -hmm. try to you know, free of any rocks, glass, or, or dog poop, or whatever may be there, right? <laughs> and then I sage the perimeter of our campground. Okay. I burn some white sage. And I have lavender incense okay. strategically placed throughout the site. And deep south, so of course, um, I create a mosquito perimeter as well. Okay. So that, that's why it's comfort camping. I try to eliminate anything that could prevent my client from having a comfortable experience in the winter there are heaters there mm-hmm. in the summer there are fans and of course tents mm-hmm. are vented um but mm-hmm. the fans you could just put it on you and just lay there and whatever yeah. you want to and just just relax uh air mattress cot or um sleeping bag whichever they prefer mm-hmm. there's lighting in there and the tents are fully enclosed um this and is they all nice. have windows 
and they have a water view and a land view. You've taken something that you love yes. and nicely yes. incorporate it into your business. Yes. I love that because yes. as your wife said, when you are camping, it takes you to another place. Your whole energy level yes. is different. Yeah. I have that soul glow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I like uh-huh. that. You know, uh-huh. you're the second person I heard who's incorporating nature into their coaching business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, it makes sense mm-hmm. with the water, the fire. What are the f- water, the fire? water, water, earth, fire, uh, water, and, and earth, the fire. wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. I like yeah. that. I, I mean, think you should it, try it, Shirley. I, I would love I know to you try love it. it. I, I actually was it. thinking in my mind, this would be good for me to do just as a, a way. Mm-hmm. I suggest camping with Tammy. Not camping for clarity. Camping for clarity are the workshops. Camping with Tammy is just a pleasurable camping experience. You know, we're, I'm in Georgia and I had a family of four fly down from New Jersey to camp with me for the weekend. Hey, Jersey. But yes, they came down and camped. Mother, father, daughter, uh, daughter who just started college to be a nurse, by the way, and granddaughter. And they first time camping ever. And they love the experience. She's like, I'm going to bring my whole family back. Um, this is something I we are adding. I'm going to tell hubby when we're done because yeah. we'll be your family of four that could come. come like, on. I like to do different things, especially yeah. have the kids do different yeah. things and let the kids understand, like, there are other things out there to do. And, you know, when you first started here, I am thinking of when I when people say camping, I automatically go to like wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like that type of camping. That's too much for me. Of course. Of but course. this so. I like. Yeah. And, and the movie. We even ha- we even watched a movie. Lake on one side, movie screen on the other side. We watched King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay. I've at the campsite That's good. with the campfire going. So we had the campfire, the water to one side, the family sized tent, mm-hmm. and then the movie screen. And this will be good for them because, Tammy, the kids have not been camping. Well, Mm -hmm. we have been camping, but we had a lodge, never in a tent. Oh, gosh. So you lodged. You didn't camp. You lodged. Okay. Then we lodged (laughs) because we were out there doing stuff, but we were in a, like, we slept in a lodge. Yeah. It was a building. It was was me and another family member. So Mm -hmm. we never slept in a tent, and that would be good. I've never slept in a tent. You'll love it. You'll love it. Well, I shouldn't say that because in the military I did. Oh, yeah. But it was but a big count. tent and that's yeah. different. It was yeah. like yeah. 20 of us in there. That's yeah. a whole different type of tent. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of uh, ex-military clients and, um, you know, come out thinking, okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm like, <laughs> hold up. Okay. Look around first. Like, oh, wait, this is not camping. This is a hotel compared to what we used to do in the military. <laughs> And that's right, because we had no heat. Literally, we had, it was 20 of us in there. And it was just like a, I guess a gas heater. Mm. I don't know what kept it going. Mm. It was not enough to heat us. And then the bathroom. Girl, you went out to the wilderness. Right. Not my campsite. Okay. Even though the campgrounds have what they call comfort stations that have the sink, Mm -hmm. the shower, and, and the toilet. I have my own personal at the campsite. Okay. okay. There's a cassette toilet there, uh, the sink, a foot pedal pump, 
water sink. I've seen and then that. the shower. It's pressurized. It's, it's, it's a rinse kit. There's actually. a shower. But a bath mat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is comfort slash luxury. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not luxury. Comfort. comfort. Taking a shower is luxury to me, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just being able to wash my butt in a shower with some water is luxury to me. Yeah, water soap. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they, they, they loved it. Comfort camping. That's why I call it comfort camping. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go back. We're going to take you back to your childhood again. Mama's okay. You're growing up mm-hmm. and you're still continuing to do this. You get yep. to high school. Ugh. Now, when, if you hadn't told me this, mm-hmm. people, obviously they can't see us, but just to give you a, a visual listeners, we both have short hair. And if you know mm-hmm. Shirley, you know, Shirley have short hair. I would have just thought this woman made a decision to have short hair. I would have never thought that she well, yeah. had this condition, but, yeah, but my hair wasn't short then now. Oh, this was, was the seventies, uh, seventies. I was born in 70. So in the eighties, uh-huh. um, I had the curl, the, the S oh. curl, the curly curl thingy. Yes, the Jerry curl. That's it. I had the Jerry. Okay. Uh, and it was my face. I, I wore shades as much as possible. Uh, the only time I didn't wear shades is when I was on the basketball court or in class. Gotcha. I had shades on and I would draw on my eyebrows. It was just my lashes. Um, and what you know, about the high edges? School kids are, they came. They came. They, they came right back real quick. Yeah, they grew back. I never, I didn't touch those. It was okay. just the facial hair. Okay. It was okay. just the facial hair for, for after that initial episode. Gotcha. I don't recall ever, you know, playing with the, the edges, edges and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the hair yeah. was fine. Okay. The hair was fine. But the facial, like the eyelashes and the eyebrows, you just kept plucking them, yeah. plucking them, plucking them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. as you got older, you are a mother. Mm-hmm. You still continued to do this, even throughout mm-hmm. the pregnancy. Mm hmm. Even after the baby, mm-hmm. did your daughter ever ask you, "Mama, why don't you have any lashes she, she or wouldn't. eyebrows?" Nope, nope. And I know a lot of people. Uh huh. No one has ever asked me that question. And when I started opening up, I actually did a blog post. I took a picture at a campsite. Uh-huh. I was laying in the hammock and I had my eyes closed and I clicked and I could see my lashes, and it made me laugh and cry. I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I thought back to when I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. And I posted and I blogged about it. I'm like, this makes me laugh and cry. And that's, that was my coming out story, saying, mm-hmm. okay, this is a condition that I dealt with for so long. And people didn't say anything. And I sent one to one of my oldest and dearest friends here, oldest as in I've known her the longest here in Atlanta, 20 odd, some odd years. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, Tammy, I noticed it. I just never said anything. She's like, I, people have their own stories. And I figured if it's something you wanted me to know, you would tell me eventually. Mm-hmm. But, and I asked other people, some were like, I didn't notice. Or I, something was different. I just couldn't put my fingers on it. I see. Because okay. a lot of times people are looking at you, but not looking at you. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. They're looking at you and they see you, but they're not yeah. paying attention to yeah. anything else unless you really make it known yeah or it's something that is very noticeable and lashes can be noticeable but not right off the bat exactly mm-hmm. now it i take someone to intimately look at you 
to see mm-hmm. that. But you know, exactly. you could draw those on. You could draw those on. A kid could on. draw those on. Exactly. I mean, some kids do now, right? Now, did but, you um, ever yeah. like scab, bleed? Small, very, very small, like okay. maybe one or two follicles, but nothing looking like a gash or a slash or anything okay. like that. But there, there were some scab, and there would be some scabbing on my eyelid, and then eyeliner. I would put a, you know, eyeliner on my eyelid to kind of disguise it as well. So oh, okay. I was masking pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't let people get too close to me. Not up in my face. Get out of my aura. Yeah, yeah not up. Mm-mm. If I can smell your breath, you too close. <laughs> Back up. Back up. <laughs> Back up. I smell your breath. Okay. Not back up. I don't want you to see that there's nothing there other than some black eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kept your distance. Yes, I masked for a number of years. But it feels so free to be liberated. Not just because I have them, but because I don't practice that behavior anymore. Um, and that I know where I've come from. You know, looking in photo albums at pictures of myself. You know, that class picture. Mm. Oh, some are horrible. Some are horrible. Just, just horrible. Brings back memories. Yeah, yeah. Now, I consider the... myself a wine. What's a wine? Because I have a, a, a fine wine. Fine wine. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because those pictures they show some kind of story. Mm. There were there any other triggers in your life that happened that would make you have like an extreme episode of the plucking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. When I lost my grandmother, death. I lost my grandmother. And then uh, maybe 12 years ago, I lost my mother. Mm-hmm. And then six months after that, I lost my youngest sister. Now my, my mother, the, my mother, my, my grandmother had been on dialysis for 20 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And we knew that her health was failing. Not only was she on dialysis, had arterial sclerosis with her arteries hardening, and she was actually a, a triple amputee. She mm-hmm. lost a toe. She had to have a toe amputated. Then she had to have her leg amputated, one mm-hmm. leg, and then the other leg amputated. So, yeah, all of that, all of that. And then just watching her demise. And then I left and went off to college, um, dealing with college, college life and all of that jazz. Uh, you know, like I said, exams, stress, uh, a bad basketball game. Uh, you know, defense was my thing. I Defensive stopper. Someone would eat me alive on the court, scoring at will. That would bother me. Things like that, stuff that would bother me, that would just trigger me. But mostly those deaths, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, my mom and my sister. My mom was dancing on the 28th of February, dancing. My nephew's birthday. Got a call March 1st. She was gone. She passed away. She just said she wasn't feeling well. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yes. She was. She, her um, husband said that she was just, they were outside playing cards. She just said, I'm going to go over here and sit down for a while. I'm feeling a little tired. So she sat down right in front of her front door on, on the porch. And then she just laid back. And when he went to check on her, she was gone. That's the hardest death ever because it's such a surprise. You don't prepare for death like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother, to know my mother, you could understand why the little South Georgia church was filled to capacity. There were people in the in the on the church grounds. There were people across the street. No one could believe that <laughs> my mom had just passed away. It's like I got to see it for myself. Because mm. as as a teenager, she was something else. As mm. an adult, she was something much more. Like she had nine lives, ten mm. lives. One of the stories is she was dancing in the club. Some guy shot a gun, 
the bullet ricocheted, hit her in the jaw. She spit the bullet out and kept dancing. That's one of the stories about my mother. Yes, she's a legend. She's a legend. She is a legend. Um, yeah, so that's why to just go away like that. It's like, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And then for it to be six months, Thanksgiving, the morning of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. that's when we got the call that my sister was at the morgue. And this is going to be kind of graphic listeners, but I want you to feel where I've been. My sister, we don't know why she was where she was. She was on a freeway and she got hit by a couple of vehicles. So, of course, she was in 30 some odd pieces. Um. And I didn't get a chance to see her. She was cremated. That one rocked my world. That one rocked my world. She was 10 years younger than me. So I, that was my baby. You know, I watched her grow up. So you're, how how long ago did your sister pass? She was 29 when she passed away. Young. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 39. So yeah. 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 She was found on the freeway. She was on, she was on the freeway. And, and it's one of those mysteries. Um. Did she work around the area? No, did she, she find? was her car. She had pulled her car off the highway. Okay. Onto the side. It was still running. And the witnesses that, um, the witness account is that she ran over to the median to like, she was picking up something and she was coming back to her car. She was in the far, uh, far right lane when there was impact. First a Mustang, then an 18-wheeler. And the guy said it looked like she was trying to move and saying, I'm sorry. And he was like, she's the most beautiful black woman I have ever seen. And that smile, I'll never forget it. She was saying, I'm sorry. And like she was trying to move out of the way. Like she was in their way. Um, Yeah, odd, odd. She had been, suicide had been ruled out, you know, because she and I were supposed to be getting together the next day. Uh, she had went to the mall, you know, filled up her car. Um, but yeah, they, they it didn't look like she was it was intentional. And I I I wonder if someone if there's some foul play involved. I'm almost positive there was some foul play involved. I feel I really feel as though someone drugged my sister. I really do. I really do. Both of us do. My other sister and I. We both feel like some it, it just didn't add up. It didn't add up at all. She had been on the phone talking to her boyfriend. Um, she was a middle school teacher and, and cheerleader coach. So vibrant and full of life. Um, Did she get to have any children? No. No. No kids. So your mother and your sister within Six seven months. months of each other passed away and two very just surprising deaths. Not very planned. So. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. 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 And that those are the two that took me to grief counseling, my mother, because I was just uh, I was a functioning um, I was a functioning zombie. Pretty much. I'd go to work. I worked in an office where I could close my door and mm-hmm. just not be bothered. I go do my eight hours. and Oh, gosh. <laughs> we were talking earlier about uh, anemia. Mm-hmm. This is around. The, no, the kidney stone. So my mother passed away. Mm-hmm. I took a leave for that. Mm hmm. The Monday I was supposed to return to work, I wake up in excruciating pain. Go to mm-hmm. ER. Nurse like, sounds like you have a kidney stone. I'm like, I don't think so. I've never had a kidney stone. I'm thinking food poisoning. Sure mm-hmm. enough, I had a kidney stone shaped like a heart with points on the curves in my urethra. Uh, 
a heart. Why did it have to be heart shaped with points? <laughs> so oh I had to have gosh. surgery. Instead of going back to work, I had to have surgery and was out for a few more weeks. So talk about trauma on top of trauma on top, top of, trauma. of trauma. And then my sister after that. Yeah. And then as soon as you get back to work, then you get news for your sister. Now you need to and, yep, step this out Thanksgiving again. Holiday. Yeah. That yeah. year was hard for you. And hopefully you had a very understanding job. Oh, definitely. I, like good. I said, I've been there 25 years. So oh, this is the same place it's you same are right place. now. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah. They're very understanding. Good. Very good. Understanding. Because that's a lot to take in with the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But the grief counseling, it, it, it helps. Good. It helps tremendously. Um, and is that what know, segued into coaching, Tammy, after mm-hmm. that incident? All, all of that. All, everything. Everything that I experienced um, it led to, you know, me pursuing a health coaching program certification mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting to help people. Because even before the health coaching, I was always in that capacity of helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, I started a 5K one club at, at the job and we would have uh, or we had um a health incentive program where if you get a certain number of points, you get a benefit on your health insurance. Mm-hmm. So I played with the math, say, okay, this is how you could reach gold, platinum status, mm-hmm. platinum status. Um, shared this plan with our members because you had to join the Aspire, Aspire, a business resource group, that's what it was called, to be a part of this team and participate in this program. Helped a lot of people reach that 10,000 point in platinum status. Had people doing one 5K a month with me. I'd, I'd find one in, you know, an area that was convenient for everybody. Um, they'd sign up. Let me know they signed up. We'd meet at an area. I'm like, okay, you're not, no one's going to finish by themselves. I would run, finish, and then walk back to the last person with one of our Aspire t-shirts on and walk in with them to finish the 5K. So I've always been about helping people. Helping people improve, you know, their, their health. Eating clean or better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put down the sodas. <laughs> put down the soda. I don't drink soda. I cut soda out when I was eighteen. I used to drink Mountain yeah. Dew, and oh. within the last year, I am now a full pescatarian. I only yes. eat fish. Okay. Because I'm okay. allergic to shell items. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. And you know, Tammy, I don't miss the meat. I'm sure your body doesn't either. I don't miss <laughs> the meat. Um. I did it because I was having real ga- bad gastric issues. Mm. And I really don't know what the underlying issue was, if it was stress related, which I think that played a huge role. If mm-hmm. it was, um, uh, there's another one. What is it? Uh, small, not small bowel. Um, oh, now I lost the word. If I think of it, I'll just tell you. But I also think my stomach issues played a lot with my anemia. I don't know if that's true or not, but could be. Do you have a modified be. diet? Um, I have a moderation diet. Like you eat everything. Some days I I eat pretty much everything, but some days, uh, some days or weeks or even months, I just uh, I just eat. It's mostly fruit, uh, vegetables, uh, more seafood than anything. Shell items or just fish? Oh, all everything, of it. everything. Shell and fish. Yep. Sometimes okay. I may have a slice of bacon, but that's not a regular occurrence. Gotcha. Sometimes I may even cut into a steak and chase it with some red wine. I have to chase any beef I eat with red wine. Well, that's okay. Because I just have a vision of a cow doing the cha-cha-cha in my stomach <laughs> whenever I eat beef. I do. <laughs> I said, let's put the I wine think, on it. I think it's okay to eat 
anything and everything in moderation. I will say mm-hmm. even now I'm a pescatarian. I feel like um, I love fish. I feel like I'm probably heavier now than I've ever been, but not yeah. in a bad way. Like mm-hmm. when I say heavy, I might be like one. Well, I am. I'm 140 as opposed to 130. That's what I mm-hmm. fluctuate between those 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. But I don't miss the meat. And I feel we all eat for two or three. That's another thing that we're yeah. not mindful of. Mm-hmm. I I don't. Um, <laughs> when I'm with people and, you know, we go out like, Tammy, you don't eat. I eat. I eat. Just because they give you three plates on one doesn't mean you have to eat all of that. <laughs> that's me, Tammy. Tammy, yeah. that's me. I'm, I'm, I know that the salad I had the other day, a three person salad. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm, girl. Okay. And I have my little lettuce, my um pecans, my cranberries. Mm. I, I have my sound sal- my smoked salmon. Yeah. Croutons. But it was oh. enough to feed three. <laughs> That's the problem. You know, I know what the issue is. I'm fully aware that I overeat, but it's good and I'm eating it. <laughs> It, it, it could be there. It could be there. It could be there for the next, next, you know, snack. What, five mm-hmm. meals a day? I know. Is, is it five or six? I've heard six. Um, five, six, you know, whatever floats your boat. But okay. five is my magic number. You five know, is your magic number? Breakfast, lunch, dinner with snacks in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see why you're like five. I'm more yeah. like six because then after dinner, I might want a sa- snack. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love to snack on nuts. Yes. Uh, almonds. Before you go to uh, bed. Cashews, pecans. Just whenever I want a snack, I'll go to yeah. I'll go to nuts when I want a snack. It used to be potato yeah. chips and, or, or popcorn, just plain popcorn, air popped popcorn. Yeah. yeah, they said that's good because it doesn't sit heavy on your tummy before bed, too. Yeah. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm going to ask so, you another question. Mm-hmm. But after all the trauma that you have experienced. Now, when your yeah. sister and your mother passed, did you already have your daughter? Oh gosh, oh. yes. She um it took her it took my daughter over a year to even admit that my sister was gone. Oh, she was close with your sister. She they were like girlfriends. Oh. You know, their age they were kinda of close in age. And my younger sister, she you would think she was a teenager. She mm. <laughs> she like a, she was a, a young cheerleading soul. coach, you know, gotcha. she and taught middle school. So she was like you know, her big sister even, um, oh. in a sense. How old was your daughter when your sister was 29? Oh, gosh. Um, she was, I think she was in middle school or high school. I can't remember the exact Oh, age. so your daughter was already in her teenage years. She had to be, we'll yeah. say 13-ish. Yeah, yeah. So she was yeah. fully aware of what was yeah. going on when her mm-hmm. grandmother passed and yeah. when her auntie passed. She wasn't a small child. No, no, she wasn't. She wasn't. She, um... She was very well aware and she took my mother's death really hard. She was very close to my mother. Very close. She would call my mom from school. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in class. <laughs> she finished her work. She would call my mother. The teachers, okay, it's fine. She could do that because she was an A student. She she didn't get into trouble. Uh, she did her work and she would always. It doesn't surprise me that she's a special education teacher. She's a um, teacher as well. Yeah, because growing up, she would always befriend the kid that was different or that Mm -hmm. people would mock. And she would like be their protector, you know, coach or help them. You know, so it it didn't surprise me that she became a special education specialist, actually, and teacher. Okay. 
Okay. Now, before we started recording, I Mm -hmm. asked you if you wanted to have any more children. You immediately, no. No. You were done. You Mm -hmm. had one and you was done. Now, you, your daughter's not adopted, natural birth of a child that you gave. So I wanted to get into, now you have a wife. Mm-hmm. When did that transition take place? And was your relationship with a male mm-hmm. to satisfy your family? And the reason I asked that was uh-huh. because I do feel as though if you're attracted to the opposite sex, you know, at a young age, mm-hmm. it doesn't just, in my opinion, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is not something that just happens. And you wake up on a Monday morning and you say, now I want to be with women. I don't <laughs> think it happens that way. I do feel if you're attracted to the opposite sex, you know, at a young age, and I'll use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. I am in a heterosexual relationship. We have two children. But when I was younger, I knew that I was attracted to women, but I had no desire to want to have a relationship with them. It was more, I'll have fun with a woman, but I don't want to have a long-term relationship with a woman. I want to spend the rest of my life with a man, but I'll compliment an attractive woman with no problem. I've slept with women and it's just fun for me. But that's why I'm saying that if that's an attraction you have, you know early. So at what point did your transition take place? Oh, gosh, my transition, that's a kind of part of the trauma as well. Really? Uh, yeah. Was um, your family not? Well, I'm going to let you go. Let me not no, ask no it, more it, questions. No, it, it's not really related to my family because okay. I pretty much could do no wrong. Um, and if they liked it or didn't like it, it really didn't matter because Tammy was going to do Tammy. Okay. Um, okay. But... <laughs> Growing up, um, it, it's really difficult to say, like, when. Like, did I know? You know, kids are curious. Kids will play and, you know, do those do those kinds of things. But I really thought that, again, South Georgia, I didn't mm-hmm. see women together. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a thing or an option mm-hmm. until maybe when I got to college. Mm-hmm. And that's when the first attraction kind of developed. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to have the husband, the house, the dog, the car, two cars, you mm-hmm. know, the white picket fence, all that, all of that La La Land stuff. And I had that. That was my vision of success, life, uh, a happy life. That's Uh what I was nurtured into wanting because I didn't grow up with my father. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just my mother and my grandmother, mostly my grandmother and my mother. Um, So then I was, oh, the dynamics were kind of, woo. (laughs) Woo. Tammy, I'm bringing you back. (laughs) Yes, it was woo. but but yeah, I had no idea. Call it ignorance. Uh, ignorance was bliss. Then mm-hmm. I had no idea, like I said, until I got to college. But then I was torn between, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do? Uh, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. 
And then there was a, a religious dynamic, and I said religious intentionally, not mm-hmm. spiritual, a religious dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I battled with my sexual. I was torn with my sexuality for a long time. And again, that led to the continuation of me doing me uh, with the trichotillomania and, you know, battling. Uh, this is what I should do. This is what I shouldn't do. I was even married. I even married a woman. I've married a woman. I married a man. Mm-hmm. Both, and now I'm married to a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was then. It was the. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Okay, I lost my mom, and I lost my sister. Mm-hmm. I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. Then when I lost my sister, is this punishment for what I'm doing? I need to change my life before I lose the next closest thing to me, and that's my daughter. All right. Well, you need to live right. That's, really? Yeah. You said that to me. And yourself. I would even I was even being told such things by certain people that I, you know, kind of looked up to. I'm assuming you were in, in the religious a, space. A homosexual relationship at the time when your mother and your sister passed. Yeah. When you left your husband, mm-hmm. was that the were I'm assuming you initiate initiated it. Or am I wrong? It was mutual. It was mutual. Okay. It was mutual. Um, Yeah, it it was mutual. How did you come to terms, Tammy, with that fight you was having in your head? This voice in my head, this voice that I was hearing as I was getting more into spirituality, Mm -hmm. I was hearing worship me in spirit and in truth. Worship me in spirit and in truth. That's when I was with him. Worship me in spirit and in truth. It just wouldn't go away. Worship me in spirit and in truth. And I'm like, am I living my truth? What is, is that my truth? Mm-hmm. Is that my truth? So in the development of my spirituality, I knew that I wasn't being punished. Mm-hmm. while I realized that I wasn't being punished. And that I needed to live truthfully. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am now. And I've been since then just living truthfully, not doing what someone's told me or what I was nurtured into believing was right. Mm-hmm. I know that what's right is what's right for me, what's true for me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm dwelling in my truth. That's good. I'm happy to hear that you did I'm not. I'm happy to be there. It's, 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 but it it can be a challenge. I know. It, it, I'm not it, saying it was you know, easy. It, I know it's not. And you know, mm-hmm. society makes you feel like crap. And you even said people were telling me. You said to yourself, "Is it because of how I'm living?" And God is punishing me. Mm-hmm. And you know, God punishes no one. Right. But there are situations that happen in our lives that we yeah. want to believe that. You know. Uh, I'm a living example of for you know, between I had an abortion at 17, I turned 17, got pregnant at 16, mm-hmm. had the abortion at 17. I automatically assumed when I had a miscarriage, mm. first thing that came to my mind. So yeah. Lord, is this a punishment because of the decision yeah. I made a few years back? Mm. We're always assuming that because the world, people the world has made us believe that if you don't live right, if you don't do right, you will be punished yeah. for your wrong decisions or your wrongdoings. You know, mm-hmm. 
we had infidelity in our relationship mm-hmm. and a child was born. Immediately what I did, I said, God, is this another punishment because of the poor decisions that I've made? I'm always trying to, I guess I use that as a soothing mechanism just to try to Hmm. protect myself. Like, okay, maybe this is just the punishments of my bad deeds, but it's, it's wrong thinking. It's not good. God punishes no one. Where do I get the shit from? (laughs) You know, he punishes no one. What's happening is what's happening. Um, And I, I understand. I totally get it. But I'm happy you're living in your truth now. And, yeah. you know, that's good that you did not force a heterosexual relationship when you knew that, like, mm-hmm. okay, this is not working. Something's not right. Yep. It's like be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Live your life truthfully. You gotta be, Don't suffer. Don't suffer. Be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Absolutely. So now, what word of advice, and I want you to tap in into a few things. Number one, sure. mm-hmm. um, with the condition that you have and for others mm-hmm. out there, you are, yeah. when you reached out to me, it was the first I've heard of it. I have never heard of it yeah. in my life. Yeah. I would have just thought, First of all, I wouldn't have assumed it had a name. I would have just been like, is this a compulsive disorder that you have? Yeah, I would have yeah. associated it with my nail biting issue. Okay, mm-hmm. she just likes plucking hair. I would have never thought of that. Never knew what that was until yeah. you reached out to me and told me. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll start off with that question first is, how does one discover they have this? And what are the steps they need to take to get diagnosed and also not be ashamed. Mm. And is there different levels, Tammy? That's what I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you because you just stayed with your eyebrows and your lashes. Are there people who are plucking their hair? Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. There are people people that with hair, uh, pull out hair by the patches. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Some even bald themselves Mm. to try to stop. Um, and and I'm sharing what I've read in different support groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would suggest for anyone who has this behavior, because I really, I wasn't officially diagnosed, mm-hmm. but I know that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly what I was doing. Um, and there are some that'll, that actually have a diagnosis um, that have therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have yet to discover any post in any of the support groups I've read where the therapy and or medication because they actually prescribe medication for it. There's yeah, medication for this? What's they, the they purpose do. of it? They do. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a licensed uh, clinician or, or pharmacist mm-hmm. <laughs> or therapist. Um, so I don't know the specific, I mean, they'll tell the medications in, in some of the posts, they'll tell what they're taking and how it's not working or how the doses need to be changed. Mm-hmm. But um, I know for me, it was getting to the root of my trauma and healing that little girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get to the root of the trauma and start your healing. And there are different habits that you can form different things you could do to form habits that could stop the behavior that could say it could be a matter of 
sleeping in an eye mask. Uh, it could be a matter of sleeping, you know, holding yourself. Mm. Just something to keep your hands off of your face. Something to keep your hands off of your face. Uh, clasp your hands. I mean, so many different things I used to do when I was doing it to stop myself from doing it. And I would go months sometime without it, but never a whole year mm-hmm. or over a year. It's been over a year now. Um, but but that's it. Get to the root of of where of when, where, how it started, mm-hmm. and just tap into that. I think that's what should be the start of your healing process, or the, even where your therapy should probably begin. When did you start? What were you feeling? What was going on around you? Because um, it could, for some, it could be chemical. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I that wasn't the case for me. Um, but with most of the people that I know and that I've chatted with that have some type of disorder where they're somewhat harming themselves, whether it's cutting, plucking, nail biting, there is something, some action or something they witnessed or experienced when it started. And that's where the healing needs to start there. Gotcha. So, you know, I comfort that little girl mm. uh, whenever I reflect on some trauma that uh that I feel that I feel I just go to that little girl and tell her she's safe uh she's protected and big Tammy got you big Tammy big Tammy got you big Tammy, big Tammy got you you know it's... five five and three quarters big Tammy got you <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know you say something very real about everything that we go through as adults starts yeah some way somehow from some childhood trauma or something that we experience that that attachment has grown with us and we don't Mm -hmm. even realize it till later on in life and you're like you do some self-discovering and you realize oh this is why I'm doing this and your situation how you found your mother and my situation leaving from one country to come here yeah you know, and everyone's situation is different, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it's interesting. And I'm only discovering this within the last years, how your childhood has so much impact on your adult life. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. Extremely. Mm-hmm. So now the other advice I wanted you to offer is from a black woman in the LGBTQ community. I hope I'm saying it right. I think sometimes I hear IA. I don't know if I'm missing some, so I'm sorry if I'm saying things incorrectly. Um, what advice do you have to have for women, a woman, a black woman living in this world who's scared to come out? Um, especially a Christian woman coming from a Christian background. Mm-hmm. And all the information that is given to her, you shouldn't live like that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And just scared because mm-hmm. of what they're going to face or yeah. be be shunned, mm-hmm. family disowned. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they might go through? And what word yeah. of advice do you have to offer them? One, um, connect with a Christian group that affirms you, that loves you, that can love you, and that can mm-hmm. show you love. 
Um, cause, cause, you know, God is the God of love and truth. Mm-hmm. God is the God of love and truth. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting it where you are, there are places where you can. Mm-hmm. A whole organization that's international, the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries, Google it, TFAM, Google it. You'll find a community near you where you can get some support. Just be truthful with yourself. God is the God of truth. And and love. And that voice I was hearing worship me in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Do that. You may lose some people. But if you lose the people, they were never yours in the first place. I like that. <laughs> they were never yours in the first Cause, place. Cause and that includes they, they family. Love you, they love you. Yeah. If they love you, they love you. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you think about it, and my, my uh, pastor is one who put this so eloquently. And help me understand and get it. Oftentimes people look at us or people look at a person and judge that person from their reflection in the mirror. For instance, yes. somebody has on a short skirt. Oh, look at that skirt she got on. What? Are you mad with her because she wearing the hell out of that skirt? Or are you mad because you can't wear it? <laughs> You're right, though. It all starts with us. It's a reflection of how we see us when we're bullying people, because that's basically what it is. We're bullying Mm -hmm. people. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's my my advice. Connect with a a community um, that not not just accepts, no, that that receives you Mm -hmm. and affirms you. Yes. And I like how you said you may lose some people. And if you lose them. They weren't yours to begin with. And that includes family or friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now with the health coaching that you provide, mm-hmm. give us a little more information of who should come to you, why, and how can you be of benefit to them? Okay. Okay. Well, my company name is It Takes a Village. And I say that I consider mind, body, and spirit to be our village. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it takes multiple different connections at times for people to get what they need. So I don't turn anyone away. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I have a village of other healers, uh, therapists, Mm -hmm. doctors. Mm -hmm. That I could refer them to, direct mm-hmm. them to assist, because everybody's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you have trike and would like to connect and we work through some or develop something for you, because mm-hmm. I don't, there's no one program for any person. Everyone's an individual and I treat them as such. I have my outline of a program, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm taking you as you are, receiving you as you are, helping you in the area that you need to be helped. Mm-hmm. If it's something in my area that I can help you with, mm-hmm. hey, I got you. We can do this. If there's someone I need to refer you to, okay, got you. Try this person. So if you're in need of help, reach out. I said, I'm your health and wellness journey partner. Even if that partner means referring, even if that partnership means referring you to someone else who's better qualified to assist you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't want to mm-hmm. reach out because they don't know who to reach out to. True. True. They don't know who to go people reach are out scared. to, where to go. Very much so. Very much so. And that's why people need to be treated with care. And that's why I'm not going to narrow the, the, the door. 
who could reach out? Anybody who has the capability of reaching out. Gotcha. That's who can reach out. Gotcha. That's who can reach out. And you'll just be another person in the village connected to who you need to be connected with for your holistic health and wellness journey. Yeah. And you can definitely even go, even if you just want to get away, because it's something I'm surely considering for the family as a nice getaway. Yes. So even if you just want a small getaway, rather it's the family or you and your significant other, that is mm-hmm. another option. Comfort camping, yes. guys, because you know Shirley ain't into that primitive stuff. <laughs> so comfort camping. There is shower. Right. Shower. That is luxury to me. <laughs> Toilet. Think. Right there. Exactly. Uh, comfortable bedding. A fully enclosed tent. The view of the water. The sound of the birds. The fresh air. The trees. The crackle of the fire. Yeah. I'll have it going as long as you want because I will burn a fire all day. Uh-huh. For my 50th birthday, I had a fire going for 24 hours. Oh, look at you. Look at you. I did. I did. But yes, comfort camping. Reach out. Go to It Takes a Village. Um, and it's spelled a little differently. It's it it does. Because I was trying eight. to pronounce it. <laughs> and you were like, It Takes a Village. I was yes. like, what? <laughs> okay. I-T-T. Yes, that's it. T, the number eight. K-S. Takes mm-hmm. a village. Yes. Because it does take a village, right? It does. Yeah. All right. So as we end today, Tammy, I want to thank you for being a guest, educating me in so many different avenues, especially with trike. Trichotillomania. Short trike. Trike. And something I didn't know, now I do know. Very interesting to hear because I've... I would have never assumed that. I would have just put it right along the lines of maybe they have some issue, anxiety or something, right with nail biting. That's what I would have assumed it. Um, But thank you for being a guest, educating us today, giving us the information that you've provided us, sharing your story, which enlightens many people in so many different ways. You know, everyone's story is unique. So as we end today, listeners, as always, thank you for listening. And remember to love yourself, voice yourself, and be yourself. Until the next podcast, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Fumpale Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I want to hear from you. Head on over to the website or join our Facebook community and comment your favorite part of the show or share your thoughts. I want to hear what you have to say. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Chat with you next week.